Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and I am really pleased to be back with our first new episode in nearly a month. I've had to cut back on the podcast over the last few weeks because I've been looking after my kids and there just wasn't time for everything, but my eldest went back to school this week and all of a sudden I've got some breathing space again. One of the first things I did is start contacting all the people I've been wanting to speak to and I'm pleased to say we've got some great magazine makers lined up over the coming weeks. First up is Safar, the visual culture magazine that is based in Beirut and which we delivered to Stack subscribers last month, Uh, that's May 2020. It's a totally fascinating magazine because while it begins from visual culture and design, it pushes out far beyond that to tackle big, difficult stories based in politics and social justice with a particular focus on Lebanon and the wider Arab world. I caught up with editors and creative directors Maya Mumni and Hatem Imam to speak about their motivations in making this magazine and also about the particularly difficult conditions they've had to endure. There's the political upheaval that started with last year's October Revolution. There's an economic disaster that's accompanied that. And of course, the COVID-19 pandemic, which has led to an extremely harsh lockdown across Lebanon. It was wonderful to hear that we helped them press ahead with this new issue and I know lots of Stack subscribers particularly enjoyed reading this magazine they'd never come across before. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Maya and Hatem from Safar. Uh, Okay, Uh, Maya, Hatem, thank you so much for making time to speak. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Uh, So you are two of the people behind this extraordinary magazine, Safar. Um, I always think it's a good idea to begin just for people who haven't seen it. Um, Can you tell us what this thing is? Um, Basically, Safar is a um, a visual and design culture magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, It comes out uh, twice a year, um, both in English and in Arabic. Um, and it's based in Beirut, basically. This is the, the, the short summary, let's say. <laughs> and so you guys are speaking from Beirut at the moment. Yeah. And am I right in saying that it is also, so it's called Safar Journal, and you all together collectively are known as Safar? Correct, yeah. We're known as Studio Safar, which is um, uh, basically like a consultancy and design studio. We do art direction and communication strategies. Um, but the magazine itself has a has a separate editorial board and they're not actually part of the studio, the design studio. Ah, okay, that's interesting. All right, so so tell me then, how does this whole thing fit together? Like, How, how did a magazine end up coming out of this studio? So a lot of, I mean, when we first started the studio, um, we did it mainly out of just, you know, lack of options of places to work at and from. Um, and there were lots of, you know, distinct design principles we had that neither of us, I guess, felt um, fit in into any other studio that existed mm-hmm. in Beirut at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we created this studio and Hatem and I have always been like, you know, <clears throat> really passionate about certain things in in the history of design in the region and 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 you know the nuances of our interests really overlap and so when we started the studio we struggle a lot with the type of work that we get in saying no to certain clients and yes to others 
and in trying to find like a voice for the studio within the within the the the, the area we were operating from, and it's always been a passion of ours to um, run a publication of some sort. And at some point, um, we were talking about you know working in Lebanon and the the, the kind of like uh, dynamics between designer and client and how often uh, dismissed a graphic designer's opinion is in the process and how, you know, many young designers have always like come to us struggling with this and what do I do? And, you know, if a client wants me to design something, I don't want to design it and whatnot. And we thought, you know, let's, let's publish a magazine. Mm. We've always wanted to do that and let it really be about um, shifting the narrative around uh, graphic design and interrelating it with visual culture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this is something that we hear a lot from magazine makers who basically end up publishing a magazine because they don't want to have to put up with some of the nonsense that you have to do when you're working for a client. You just want to make the thing that you really care about. What, what, what's an ideal Sapphire story for you? What, what are the ones where you know you you know that you're doing this and you're doing the right thing? Um, I would say, I mean, so many things, but um, <clears throat> some of my favorites are um, the the two articles we've published on um, the design politics of the passport. Mm-hmm. I mean, passports here are a really, really big thing for us. With a Lebanese passport, there are very, very few countries you can enter without a visa. Mm-hmm. And often getting a visa is just hell. I mean, Hatem last year or earlier this year was curating an exhibition in Berlin and did not get his visa to go into Germany. It was just like crazy. Um, And so, I mean, just the, 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 like, just, you know, kind of scratching the surface of what passports mean. um, What does the design entail? What does it say? How are, how are certain passports more powerful than others? Mm. Um, That was, that was a really interesting, um, kind of topic to delve into and we did that across two issues yeah yeah and and i think also that that one of the things i loved about those stories is the way that you as designers can look at the physical design of that thing the passports and you can kind of criticize it and appreciate it in that way but then you use the same thinking to apply more broadly to what all that means so you know what does it mean for someone who is trying to travel on forged documents for example and that that seems to me to be typical of an approach that you take which certainly in this latest issue maybe looks at things from uh, a less considered perspective so uh, your cover stars are um, domestic uh, workers Maybe talk me through a little bit, you know, what are the decisions that you go through in terms of deciding something like that? Um, I mean, basically, uh, I think that this is something that cuts across uh, so many of the articles and the thinking behind so many of the articles of of the magazine, uh, which is basically to look at, uh, you know, like uh, uh, issues that could impact our daily daily life, uh, issues that highlight certain things in our social fabric, um, things that impact us, but through this particular lens of, of visual culture mm. uh, or design culture. Mm. Mm. And basically, this is a, this, the example of um, the, uh, the, the piece on domestic workers um, and the decision to feature Sigreda uh, uh, and uh, Mekdes on the two covers uh, comes actually as a direct response to this. 
basically, um, we have a very strong position against the kafala system, which is basically the the the, the, the sponsorship no, system. The, the sponsorship system, which has been in many ways uh, described as you know modern day slavery mm. in Lebanon and in, in many other Arab countries actually. Um, so basically, to to kind of like um, shift this narrative and say you know like we are not looking at this. Uh, um, issue as something that is um, uh, alien to us, or something that you know, like we just theorize about or talk about. This is actually, you know, like the core and the, the most central issue that that we're facing today. Um, and we're actually seeing, you know, like the impact of the so many of the problems of Lebanon uh, being highlighted specifically with with issues uh, that are impacting domestic workers. Mm-hmm. So um, this is this was, you know, like partly the, the reasoning behind uh, this choice. But also, I mean, Maya, maybe you can talk a little bit more about, you know, like how we presented the, the, the how the proposition started and how we had a little bit of uh, resistance to actually go for this. Um, so <clears throat> we had a, um, a piece submitted in by Miriam Bulos, um, and it's a project she's been working on for, I, I guess, a couple of years uh, where she'd, so domestic workers in Lebanon if they do get a day off, it's usually on a Sunday, but most of them don't even get a Sunday off. Um, and for those that do get a day off on Sunday, she's basically um, kind of spent time with them every Sunday and documented their activities. And she submitted that in as a piece. Um, <clears throat> and we felt like without a story, without a without a, a face and a name, and somebody narrating actually what this means for them, um, there's almost like a kind of objectification of, mm. of migrant domestic workers. Mm. Um, and then came the idea of interviewing a domestic, a migrant domestic woman or two and having them be the, the, uh, on the cover of the magazine. Um, mm. And since the theme was migrations, there was nothing that you know resonated uh, better in my head personally than having a migrant domestic worker make uh, the cover of a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we spoke to some NGOs here, and they put us in touch with Mekdes and Sigereda, who are uh, the founders of uh, an unregistered NGO, because it's against the law for them to work to, to register anything in Lebanon. Uh, it's, it's against the law for them to, to, to work in anything that isn't domestic work. Um, and it's, it's one of the few, I think it's one of two only existing uh, collectives or organizations that are uh, founded by domestic workers or past domestic workers um, and are there to help migrant domestic women kind of um, navigate their way through the system. Mm. Um, there was a lot of resistance amongst us on having them be on the cover of the magazine. I mean, one was, what does this have to do with design and visual culture? Um, the other one was a little bit of, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, politically incorrect here and say a little bit of white guilt, um, in, in, in calling this out as a, as like a, a like sensational kind of cover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, is this really doing them good? Um, are we just using this cause and like kind of, um, exoticizing it and putting them on the cover, all that stuff. Mm. Um, and, and of course, I mean, I agree. I mean, there was two sides of this for me personally. I was, I was really worried about that. Um, and, but at the, at the same time, I mean, I had spoken to the girls and to some of uh, the Lebanese women that run the, the organizations, the NGOs that help these women. And she was like, don't let that hold you back. That is, it's definitely a valid concern and everything, but don't, don't let that hold you back. Mm, mm, mm. Um, 
and I, I'm really happy that you know that we, we we collectively took that decision to go ahead and continue with that because um, I mean uh, the a, f- a few days after we published the cover, I mean the magazine hadn't been printed yet or distributed with you, but uh, as soon as the cover was published online, a local newspaper called us and um, and asked us about this NGO and about these women, um, and that was I mean not to play like a like a self-heroic act here or anything but um, very rarely do these things get spoken of here I mean I never Mm. knew about this NGO that was run by Ethiopian women to Mm. begin with Mm, mm. Um, and and just being able to speak about this and getting more people to know about them and like being on Instagram now and seeing everybody you know tag this NGO and whatnot um, it just you know it, it just puts things into perspective and you know, we had launched a go like they, we had to publish their GoFundMe link online. So all of these things, you know, I mean, they just kind of um, they, they 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 make sense with time. Yeah, 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 and, and it seems to me. I mean, the the it's interesting that you talk about uh, the concerns that you had when publishing because I think one of the things that most struck me is that I've never seen this story presented. In this particular way, and when I say this story, I mean you know the, the broader story of migrant workers and 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 potential exploitation. I think that it really matters that the way that you framed the the women. Not only do they tell the story in their own words, but on the two covers that you have. So one is looking kind of very confident and defiant, and the other one's laughing. The you know you you there's there's absolutely no image of a victim here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that these, these women are um, really, really often invisible here. I mean, whether they're on the streets um, or in our houses, uh, I mean, very rarely do I see, you know, friends of mine who, who have, you know, have hired domestic workers from Ethiopia or Sri Lanka or Philippines or whatever, um, include them in their, you know, daily posts. They're really invisible. And most often their names are changed when mm. they arrive to Lebanon, never ever do people call them by their real names. And so we usually don't have uh, the name of, of the, the, the cover uh, story on the cover of the magazine, but it was really important to have their full name printed in, in, in really large um, to kind of just, you know, reinstate that, say their name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you can see at a glance that, um, you know, this, uh, this social story uh, from Lebanon is, is incredibly important to um, the magazine. It's, it's on the cover. It also is made very clear very early on in the magazine that this has been a particularly difficult time for you to make it. So uh, splashed right across one of the first pages, you've got pandemics, policy and economics try to dampen the fact that we have a voice and yes, it will be heard. Um, Maybe you could tell us a little bit about why this has been such a difficult time for you to make this issue. Um, I mean... Of course, there is, you know, like the typical um, financial difficulty of producing a magazine, a printed magazine, you know, like even before um, all of the recent troubles that we've been facing in Lebanon. Um, we know that, you know, like financially, you know, securing the funding to print, to translate and to, you know, like get the con- contributions and whatnot. This is something that is quite uh, uh, taxing. Mm. Um, but you know, particularly so. Uh, um, I mean, Lebanon since last October has been witnessing an uprising like we haven't seen. You know, like since the end of the civil war, um, and basically, 
you know, like this, this has come hand in hand with a collapse of the uh, economy of Lebanon. Um, and then, you know, like the, the, the pandemic came and, you know, like made everything even worse. Mm. Uh, so basically, you know, like when we, when, when we got your email, about you know like the possibility of uh, distributing to uh, all of the stack subscribers, uh, we were you know ecstatic, but at the same time we're like, but how can we do it? I mean, can we actually <laughs> make this happen? Um, so basically, you know, like we were working from home, you know, like in the in the midst of like the, the toughest uh, 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 quarantine period, um, but we actually. You know, like this is the thing that kept us going. This is the thing that gave, gave us um, uh, purpose and gave us hope. Um, so basically, we yeah, we worked uh, like crazy for uh, a few weeks uh, to 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 make it happen. And basically, to go back to the to the sentence that uh, is on the first page, um, th this magazine is about making voices heard. Uh, in general, and this applies on so many different levels. On one level, it has to do with making the, the voices of uh, graphic designers or people who are working in visual culture to make their voices heard. Um, this is also about making designers' uh, voices, particularly in the region, heard. Because I mean, like when we studied graphic design in school, um, everything that we learned was from books that came out from the state or from Europe or from England um, and very little uh, literature is found about our the, like the rich history and rich heritage of visual culture here mm -hmm. um, so it's also about making that voice heard as well as you know like making making heard the voices of different minorities whether it is the migrant workers uh, or even for example like in the Elias Rayman uh, interview about let's say uh, the difficulties of being a Palestinian and the whole uh, you know, like situation with Palestine and you know, like the Palestinians in the diaspora, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, so basically, you know, like all of these, all of everything is conspiring against us somehow. But you know, we we have to make we we have to make uh, our our voices heard. Uh, I I was I was so excited to be able to send this one out. It's a mag that I've really enjoyed for a couple of issues, but then to be able to actually put it in front of subscribers and show them what's so good about it i think that that's that that's why that's why we started stack like that's that's the point so so i guess the 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 next question then is where do you go from here so you know we we have the pandemic still in place i'm sure that conditions are still very difficult um where you are what what do you see as the future for for this magazine I mean, we're also in the midst of a, of a popular uprising um, in between Lebanon and Iraq and Syria. And, mm. um, and, and we're also, you know, going through a really terrible financial crisis in Lebanon. Mm. Um, I mean, the streets just last night were just burning all over the country. Really? Um, we keep going. We keep publishing. We keep speaking. Yeah, I mean, like the... the, the... Our first, the first thing that we need to do in the near future is actually receive the printed magazine. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've, you've not had the magazine yet. We actually have not yet uh, oh, had the magazine in our hands. I mean, it's supposed to arrive 
about ten uh, days. The, yeah, in about ten days. Um, so this is the this is the plan for the for the very near future. Um, <laughs> and then after that, we are planning on having like a small uh, release event where you know we would get together and uh, you know like celebrate uh, uh, the release of the magazine here in, in Beirut. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the future, I mean, we we have. Um, a lot of plans. I mean, in, for the last issue, for issue four um, on nostalgia, we actually ha- had uh, an event where we invited uh, uh, Paul Holdengraber uh, to interview live uh, three figures um, in, a, in an event that happened here in Beirut Live. And basically, um, we, we're, we're very much interested in these kinds of events, lectures, symposia, and workshops. Uh, that surround the topic because we feel like this is what really brings you know like the community or the network of people who are interested in the topic together, mm. uh, not only in a, in a passive way where they're reading the magazine on their own, but actually you know like coming and having an actual open conversation and thinking together about about all of these uh, subjects. Yeah. Um, the other aspect would be also for the future is um, thinking about uh, our online presence. Um, we have a lot of also um, exciting ideas of things that we want to do um, in uh, video and in uh, sound and with curating musical performances and all of that stuff. So this is another uh, one of the things that are on our agenda for the future. And it sounds like that requires a whole other bunch of people to be involved with you and to be using their skills to make all that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're lucky that we have like a really fantastic network of collaborators, whether it's, you know, like photographers, or filmmakers, writers, translators. Um, this is actually the, 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 the most exciting thing is the, the, the amount of people that you could very easily reach and collaborate with and who are so excited about actually giving and, you know, like thinking together and working together. Um, so, <clears throat> and a really fantastic editorial board. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Hassan and Edwin and Tala. Absolutely. Are they, the, are they the people who, do they get their hands dirty making the magazine or are they, are they the ones just giving you the direction? <laughs> they actually do get their hands dirty. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for, um, for making it happen and, and sending the mag out with us. And thanks for taking the time to talk about it. Yeah, thank you for having us again. Thank you, Steve. Okay, that's all for this week. If you're a Stack subscriber, you should hopefully have had chance to read Safar for yourself. So I hope this episode has helped give some context to what they're doing. And if you're not a Stack subscriber, but you like the sound of Safar, you can buy a copy in the Stack online shop. Just go to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and you'll find it there. Or of course, you could subscribe to our magazine club and we'll deliver a different independent magazine surprise to you every month. Remember, if you use the code PODCAST, you'll save 10% off any magazines you buy or subscriptions you sign up to. I'd like to say thanks again to Maya and Hatem for making time to speak to me and for doing such a fantastic job of getting the magazine ready for us to send out to our subscribers on time. I had no idea that they still hadn't received their copies in Lebanon yet, and I really appreciate them working to prioritise our deadline especially under such difficult conditions. 
As I said at the start, we've got lots more conversations with magazine makers coming up over the next few weeks. So please do follow us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be able to deliver those new episodes to you as soon as they're ready. Thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week.